0: Hi, I'm Ali, and this is What Would Sappho Say, the podcast where I read as many sapphic novels as I can, and I share my reviews with you, so that you can spend your time and your money on literature you'll actually enjoy. Hi everyone, welcome back to What Would Sappho Say, Um, I am Ali, my pronouns are she, her, uh, as you all well know at this point, Um, I am absolutely shitting myself lads um well I'm I'm doing it first I've been doing this for like what six months ish give or take and today I am doing something really special um for sort of everybody but mainly for um Irish people and Irish literature but uh I'm nervous slash excited so bear with me if I stutter like a mad woman um but my guest for today is uh, the author of The Fallen In Love Montage and Not My Problem, Kira Smith. Um, and I have, on a, on a random Wednesday on the way to work, I went, Do you know what, I'm going to wing this, send our message and see what happens. <laughs> and now we're here. Kira. it's really nice to have you here. Thank you so much for coming on. This podcast is only a baby. And I know that it's easy to be sort of cautious of where you go so I'm really glad that you said yes
1: uh, yeah it's not a problem I think that people you'd probably be surprised to find that uh people don't ask very often like people don't ask authors they really? think they're just say no so like you know you might as well just ask <laughs> nothing, nothing bad can really happen you know you just kind of Put it out there, and the worst that can
0: happen is somebody's like, No, I can't do that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I, th- I figured people would be asking all the time. No, I think there's somebody's asking like once before, ah, maybe, Jesus. And I did that
1: as well. And I was just like, Yeah,
0: go <laughs> ahead. Fuck it, why not? <laughs> <laughs> That's mad. Um, so yeah, do you just want to give everybody your pronouns because I don't want to give the wrong ones for you just in case?
1: Yeah, see, her is fine for
0: me. Perfect. Um, I genuinely thought people would be hopping all over the place trying to get interviews and stuff. That's mad. I feel very privileged now. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm going to go through a series of questions, which is just to, because uh, I've done the episodes on the on your two books, and I've gone sort of in depth with the the audience and stuff on on those things. But it's always nice to have. Your perspective on it, uh, because I, I know I mentioned to you that we read um, and I know I said to the people on Twitter that we read Not My Problem was part of a book club that I joined recently that's in Offaly, Portleash, all of that area. <laughs> it's kind of like the Midlands because yes. anybody outside, anybody outside of Dublin doesn't really have access <laughs> to um, to like queer spaces and stuff. And so I it was my. Job to pick the book that week and I knew I was going to be doing that. my problem for the for the podcast I was like two birds one stone um but one of the conversations that we always have in after we've read a book with the book club is our perspective versus what the author has said about the stories and stuff and it gives it a better view because we read a, a book at the very beginning where we were all like very confused about a certain aspect but then we read what the author said and it was it was a little bit easier to get around and was a little bit easier to understand um but the back of I'm going to start with a question about not my problem because that's the one I read most recently and I was wetting myself on the bus (laughs) on the way home from work I'm sure everybody thought I was absolutely nuts (laughs) but the back of your but the back of the book there's a praise on it that says it's um dairy girls but better yeah it was
1: very generous (laughs) Uh, it was a very generous
0: quote i don't know i i immediately as i started reading it uh miss devlin gave me um oh my god what's the nun's name sister michael (laughs) sister michael vibes all over the place minus the swearing um which if i had a teacher like that my life would have been so much better in skill um but i know that a lot of uh authors and tv show writers and stuff take inspiration from people that they know so i do want to know if um any of your characters are inspired by people that you know and in particularly in particular miss devlin because i feel like that's a woman that uh doesn't just spring out of nowhere um well i think uh, uh, quite a lot of people say that about miss
1: devlin's sister michael and i always think like i get i get where they're coming from but to me, Sister Michael is funny because she really just doesn't care about the students. At all.
0: <laughs> yeah, true.
1: Um, whereas uh, Miss Devlin really does care. Like yep. She's. Um, she's a. To me, she's a different kind of character. She's, but she also just says what she's thinking. Mm-hmm. Um, and in part, the situation between her and Edine is inspired <laughs> by my own experience of PE, where okay. I did not yeah and, um I would just do anything to get out of it now, I didn't do what you need does but um it was that thing and I remember one time <laughs> my PE teacher saying to me like you know if you don't if you don't start to participate you're gonna fail PE and I was like okay <laughs> who cares that's fine maybe. I can live with that um <laughs> and it was not be in transition year as well so I was kind of like that's kind of where that sort of started but I also used to be um, a teacher I didn't do a whole pile of teaching I did my teaching qualification I didn't really enjoy teaching right but one of the things that I had trouble with <laughs> was um not swearing in class oh. <laughs> acting like a, a teacher and forgetting not to say just some comments that came into my life, <laughs> um, and so probably <laughs> I don't think I am Miss Devlin, but I think that there's something about a uh, being a teacher and it being such a conservative sort of role and being really confined about what you can or can't say. And I just like the idea of a teacher who's just saying what her actual thoughts were. Yeah. Like the students said silly yeah. things.
0: <laughs> it, no, it would be much nicer if, if teachers were a little bit less strict around those things because it's so hard to to like relate to them on a a personal level uh with the with the lack of the lack of like a a less is it formal or informal i've asked this question several times and my fiance is getting annoyed at me now at this stage i would imagine that i'm always like is it formal or informal (laughs) anyway um they are very they
1: are very formal yes and the um and that's just kind of part of it, and I think especially like here, you know, um, I think it might it might be worse. I think because of the sort of grip of the sort of Catholicism,
0: Catholicism, yeah.
1: Oh, sort of, uh, it can be so, and it can be so impersonal and. I'm not sure if it, if there's a right or a wrong way to go about it or if they they need to be different or, or anything like that. But I just always think that you must just have to like bite your tongue a lot when you're teaching.
0: I would imagine <laughs> so, because sometimes you can see them wanting to laugh, but they don't because they know they shouldn't. <laughs> Do you guys get graded for PE?
1: No, no, I, I went to school
0: down Oh okay, so grandja.
1: So no, we didn't get we got like we got, you know, we got like a school report.
0: Oh was, my like, god. It, yeah. But,
1: like, no, I was just like, um, you
0: know, it just it didn't mean anything. Yeah, because I only went to um, secondary school, uh, like a, a Catholic secondary school for up until junior cert. Mm-hmm. And I hadn't a f- fucking breeze what was going on. But the, the second secondary school I went to was non-denominational. And so, like, it wasn't as strict. So there was P wasn't, um, it wasn't gradable. And then I left and they graded it. And I qualified as a personal trainer, so it would have been real handy if, if PE was graded when I was in school. But the year I left, they were like, oh, we'll grade it now. <laughs> but uh, you said the one of the differences, or one of the main things about De- Miss Devlin is that she um, cares about her students. And I found that in both of your books, there's somebody that our main characters, whether it's Saoirse or Aiden, have that go out of their way to look after um, the two girls because obviously they're both young adult novels, so they're both teenagers. They're both going through everything that comes with being a teenager, um, which is difficult enough on its own. But your characters always seem to have something very significant um, in their personal life or in their home life that they're dealing with. Um, and although the books are particularly funny and they're very clever and they're very witty they also have that element that's like uh, very intense and very like gut-wrenching and thought-provoking and those stories are obviously few and far between when it comes to rom-coms um, so I'm wondering what the importance was for you of making sure that you told stories um of teenagers dealing with, with real-life problems Yeah,
1: I mean I think that it's I think that where I start from is thinking about you know what kind of so I start to start with the fun part of the book when I think about how to uh, what I'm going to write about and so I was thinking about you know for falling in love montage literally thinking about <laughs> falling in love montage like who would get into a relationship like that yeah and why would a teenager be so cynical mm-hmm. um ready all oh, teenagers are cynical of course but, <laughs> like, so um closed off because i think that is a that's a thing in rom-coms you know that one character is you know more reserved and yeah you know, doesn't love whatever that's fine but like if you don't have a reason for that like that's <laughs> it doesn't really make any sense yeah and um, or like with not my problem I was thinking about this beaver's business the 18 sets up and i was like oh, but why would she do that like and what would she get out of it and why would she keep doing it if it, when it got hard or she got yeah. in trouble, or- um. So I like to work backwards towards like really being driven by the character and and what they're going through, so that everything that happens kind of makes sense, which I think is what makes it satisfying. Um, to me, anyway. Yeah. Uh, and not just a series of events that happen, but I think that people, you know, young people are dealing with these issues and you know, some of them are more common than others, you know, having a, a parent with early onset dementia when you're 18, probably pretty uncommon. Yes. Um, but it does happen to some people. Mm-hmm. And um, having a parent who has a drinking problem is a lot more
0: common. Oh yeah. Yeah.
1: Something. And I did some work with a, uh, an organisation that works with young carers. okay, um, And it was, a, it was a long time ago, but it just really stuck with me, that idea of kids who have, young people who have responsibilities that are way beyond their age. Yeah. And how, how on earth do they deal with that? Um, and what impact does it have on their whole life? Because it's not just part it's not just something that's happened, it's not just a problem that's happening, it is it's it affects everything, it affects their future, it affects their present, it affects what they do, you know, how they see themselves. Um, and um that's probably what I'm really interested in. But I also think that everything in life, no matter how bleak and dismal that it's still
0: funny sometimes <laughs> yes I there's nothing more Irish than having a laugh in the arsehole of something sad like yeah
1: so exactly so like I couldn't you can not like I couldn't really like so it has to be both you know
0: <laughs> yeah of course that's like they always say if you want to have a bit of crack go to an Irish funeral yeah <laughs> uh, I mean,
1: if it's I mean and there, are, there are lots of great books that are just sad or just yes fun or whatever and that's fine but it's just not
0: it doesn't it's just not me like I. Just, yep. <laughs> no I, I'm with you on that because I can't if, if something's just one one sort of if it doesn't have a, a good sense of humor and I kind of lose interest <laughs> really easily and I, I people will always say that when something's really difficult, I'll always be in the middle of a cracking a joke because I can't <laughs> I can't deal with with not laughing in the middle of something uh something sort of um a little lower. Um, so I uh, and I it's interesting that you said that you work backwards uh when you're like putting the story together because I always wonder whether authors like go from the middle where they have like the main plot or if if it starts from just a random like. Uh, point in the story or if there's a whole more like uh, elaborate uh, way of putting it together so I I like that because it's nice to know the way your brain works when you're putting it together because I couldn't even dream of it I think everybody does something sort of different different yeah Um, I, I just
1: yeah I do everything I suppose character driven and then kind of so if you know what your character's issue is you kind of will are going to know where you want them to end up at the end yes and it's just a matter of like well how do you get from a to b
0: yeah you can you can tell they're character driven as well by the way they're written because they're obviously and I found it with not my problem It's, it's a it's sort of a little like um you're reading her reading Aideen's diary nearly um and so it's a bit easier to sort of um grip onto it because you actually feel like she's she's uh she's talking to you, um. But a, a main point that I found, especially when I I always go through um reviews of all the books that I'm doing online, and I look at Goodreads and Amazon and God knows what else. And the biggest thing that I found was that people loved the fact that the romance in the books wasn't the be all and end all of the story. We do you know like when we watch tv shows or or movies that are uh in any way lgbtq representation it's always uh, a coming out story or um something it's always really mainly focused on the love story and we always say that to normalize the the idea of queer relationships is to put it in places where you would in in a way that you would see uh heterosexual relationships and that's what That's what makes people get used to it. Um, I don't know if that was a conscious thought for you, if it was a main focus that you had, having the the love stories as not necessarily the main focus. They obviously drove the plot and, and the development of the characters really well, but they weren't the absolution of the entire story altogether. Well, some people
1: really like that. Some people don't like it. <laughs> they, get really, they get really annoyed that there's not there's not more of that, I guess. But, um, yeah, I think for me, it's about the fact that when I was growing up, um, I didn't want to read a romance book. And I, and I still don't read romance. Um nothing against the genre. It's just not for me. Because mm-hmm. I, I don't want to read something where the whole story It's just a relationship. Um, And that's just personal taste. Mm That was just my preference. So um, whenever I was writing these books, although the Falling Love Montage is obviously in part about a relationship yeah it's really more about how searsha manages a relationship yeah than about the relationship itself um, and how she manages getting cl- sorry that's my dog <laughs> that's okay how it is um getting close to people and how or or how, if actually doesn't manage that um and with eating, um Yeah, the romance is not a a big factor in in the book. It's kind of there, and I like it, but um, I think that because I am probably most driven by what is going on in someone's internal world,
0: Mm -hmm.
1: and that's why I write things, to kind of, like, get into somebody's head, there's just so much more going on for people than, like, than just... A relationship or if someone is in a relationship what does that bring up for them and, and how um, how does their life affect their relationships yeah. all of their relationships not just romantic ones and to be honest with you see I didn't I wasn't in romantic relationships as <laughs> a teenager <laughs> I wasn't like I don't think like maybe some people are but like even when I was at school like there was one couple in our class like yeah that was it like most people were not in long-term relationships and um and I, I don't I think because I write contemporary fiction and it is meant to be you know in some ways reflective of real life in some ways it's really not as it mm-hmm. it's a bit absurd but um I just the idea that like you're gonna like fall in love and um, intensely with someone when you're 16. <laughs> yeah. Kind of. Like, in a way, like, the, the whole sort of, like, overblown, like, this is true love romance to me. I, as, as an adult, but especially as a teenager, I would have been like, oh, my God, that is so cringe. <laughs> <laughs> catch your on yeah so that that comes out in in the writing in that like yes you can have a really intense relationship really intense feelings for someone um but I think this the book has to kind of be like all right but we are still like just beyond and it's yeah yeah
0: everlasting. You know. I, I yeah and I do think when you're when you're that young it feels like it's the be all and end all. Yeah. And so it's, it's nice to see a perspective where it it, it isn't and you can I, 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 and you said that you, for for Saoirse, you can it's it's about how she manages that relationship and you can tell through the way she grows through the book that that's sort of what Ruby is for. She isn't there for her to fall in love with. She's there to teach her how to view love in the first place
1: yeah like they have like they have a nice romance night yeah i do I, I like it but i do but it's not yeah it's not about it's not about falling in love yeah. i suppose um but i think the thing about both of those characters lady and searsha is that actually there's so much going on yes that their whole life couldn't be about a romance because they have too much other things to worry about. Yes. Yeah.
0: that
1: kind of affects those things. You know, the fact is that they can't. Neither of them can get entirely wrapped up in a romantic relationship because, um, that is kind of almost. I suppose it's kind of saying that's that's sort of the preserve of people of young people who maybe have less problems.
0: Yeah. You know, yeah.
1: Their problems are so big that if you were to have that and also make a romance like the most important thing in their life it would kind of I suppose it would kind of be saying that you know love conquers all and that's not really something I want to
0: yeah. say yeah yeah no because it, it, it's true you can't solve all your problems just by just by falling in love it doesn't necessarily work that way um but it, it does often <laughs> I do know often feels like that when you're when you're younger but yeah. it, it doesn't yeah. <laughs> unfortunately if that was the case the world would be a lot easier to deal with I think at any point um but Aideen and Saoirse are I I listen I've read a bajillion books on this podcast and I of all of them they're my two favorite that I've come across because they're so <sighs> blunt very blunt they're both very sort of headstrong and although Aideen's not as cynical as Saoirse she still has her moments where she's like uh, realistic more so than anything else um, but I, I think you sort of answered my question in, in, in the way you answered one of my other ones um, when you said that in school you didn't, you didn't necessarily have a filter so I would imagine that that's some of the reason why our, our two characters are, are sort of like that um, and Aiden's excuses for not going to PA. are absolutely brilliant um, but I also feel like something like that could have come out of Sersha at some point.
1: Yeah, probably. I mean, they do have, they definitely have similarities in the sense of, um, I do think they both struggle to take things entirely seriously. Yeah. Um, but I also think they're quite different in the way that, like, Sersha would never probably do the things that Aideen has done. No. Um, and but they are both grappling with something very similar in the sense of that um avoidance and I think that's yes. what I write about a lot early like, and that's what I'm really interested in I think and probably will in some fashion probably show up <laughs> in everything that I write Is like what do we do when we're trying to avoid pain and how does that affect us and so 18 and serious are both trying to avoid pain in some way
0: yeah
1: and they handle it in different ways and it's maybe different kinds of um things that have led them to that place I think that's so I think maybe all of us are trying to avoid being in any more pain
0: um, yeah
1: and it usually is the worst thing that we can do, you know, because it, it kind of traps us or it isolates us or it, um, kind of in the, in the long run makes our life worse. Like, if you think about... Essentially, it's, you know, it's defence mechanisms and how yeah. do those come in your life?
0: Um, but hopefully in a way that's also, like, amazing. And <laughs> <laughs> well, I... the The thing that I found interesting about it was that neither of them had... A large group of friends if 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 any in the first place um I know Aidan ends up in this really weird friend group and and Saoirse also develops a, a, a friendship with um Ruby's cousin uh, yes but i I never had any I never had a massive group of friends and skill on on purpose, but I always thought that that was sort of strange for for want of a a better word um so it was nice to read about people that are the same nationality as me went to the same type of school as me had the same sort of situations in terms of they were dealing with something so they isolated themselves it was it was I I think that's probably why I I glued to them so easily and and (laughs) why these books became the thing that I slept beside (laughs) for for months um but it, it does, it it comes with a sense of comfort as well as, also a uh, a sense of humor and a and a lighter side to it. So it's it's nice to see, um, that aspect of of a uh, of young adult novels because they tend to be a little bit fluffier, whereas this one's a bit more. These are a bit more realistic for uh, certainly for my uh my reading, in any case.
1: Yeah, like I think, um I think that you don't want to think about it like when I was growing up. I didn't have loads of friends, and probably part of that was me, and and part of that is school is hard sometimes. Yes, um, for sure. But also, my brother was has had uh, one of my brothers is very crazy popular. He's loads <laughs> of friends. He's still friends with all those people now. Jesus super weird um, <laughs> but I think that it's so I think it's really common to actually you know not really have very many friends or to maybe have like one friend yeah like with Adine, where she's like she has one really good friend but when that kind of falls apart she has no one she has yeah and, and she doesn't really trust anyone and even though she does grow to sort of expand her social circle um she really only is close to uh, at the end close to me and Covey and um and I don't think that I don't think you need to have loads of people around you you no. know um as I think if you're open to relationships that have some depth that can be enough mm-hmm so for some people it's not for some you know so people who want loads of people around that's
0: absolutely fine too but um I wouldn't be able to sustain that no me neither I'm so bad at like even just texting the only person I answer on a regular basis is my mother and my fiance and that's it (laughs) everybody else I'll forget so I wouldn't be able to maintain that many people either I know my sister does but I couldn't I couldn't even imagine still speaking to people that I was in secondary school with or and I the the majority of people I went to secondary school with, I also went to primary school with so good God like that's not happening. But you you mentioned Aidan's one friend there Holly was uh, very interesting as as a person. I feel like we've all had a Holly at some point, but just didn't fully recognise it. <laughs> so I I went from one of the first moments that there's any dialogue between the two of them. I I remember writing in the book. I was like, is she like? There's something not. I wasn't fully, I didn't fully like her. I knew there was something a little bit off about her, um, but she was definitely interesting to say the least.
1: I think like, yeah, some people really hate Holly and I don't. <laughs> um, I think that she is, you know, her and Aileen are grown apart because, in part because of the issues that Aileen has mm-hmm. and the, the difference between her life and Holly's life. Um, you know, and... The fact that Aideen is a bit of a fish out of water in the school that she's in, you know, she doesn't have Jesus, the same advantages yeah. as, as other people around her. She has a different kind of home life, not entirely in the sense that, you know, hopefully throughout the book you get the sense that actually everybody's something going on probably. Yeah. Um, but she is that relationship, you know, they've had since they were very young. Those differences have just sort of come between them at yeah. this point in life um and i think that i think that holly does say i think i i wrote it so I, as far as i
0: <laughs> she's your character so
1: <laughs> holly does love eating, but there she is a teenager and she is not making you know this grow this growing apart and the fact that they are so different um she doesn't know how to deal with that
0: yeah yeah.
1: And um, she's, you know, she feels guilty, but she also kind of feels maybe a bit tied down to this relationship. As sure. Well. Yeah. Also, and also, to a certain extent, probably feels like we're responsible for eating because she knows she doesn't have anyone else, but that makes her resentful because I mean, she can't really go and do other things without essentially hurting her friend's feelings.
0: Yeah. You always have to check in, make sure it's okay that you do something. Yeah.
1: So then she ends up in a position of like, because she's not really acknowledging or dealing with that, those feelings that she's having, she doesn't like those feelings, you know, her defence is essentially to kind of be a bit, like, nitpicky and yeah. a bit of deck about it. <laughs> I think it's something that happens to people all the time, you know, whenever they have really complex feelings about something, it's so much easier to just kind of shift that into something else mm-hmm. in a way that we, easier to deal with and um and it's also maybe you know in my in my mind I would kind of like them to sort of actually work things out eventually but I think to do that you needs to be able to say no
0: oh yeah yeah
1: more and holly green really needs to reflect on the way that she's that she's treating her friend
0: yeah it's ooh, I, I it's it's so easy to fall into those little traps when when you're at that age because you don't really know what you're doing at any given point um i think mean, mean, adults do that too you know yes know I mean? like, yeah it's not like adults
1: don't adults don't get together and be like look We've been friends for a while, now. i <laughs> we've grown apart. And um, I wish you all the best.
0: <laughs> no, it doesn't. It, it does really not
1: really change. This is not a young person's problem. This is
0: no, this. it's everybody's.
1: This is a people problem, and and about how we communicate with each other, but also really deeply about how we justify things to ourselves. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. And it's because it's I had a conversation with somebody recently about the fact that we can, in our adult relationships, fall into particular roles. And at a certain point, you get annoyed at those roles that you're in. But you guys are the reason you fell into that role in the first place. So I we all end up in those situations at some point, definitely, for sure. Um. One of the questions that my book club had was about the fact that because obviously they're written from the the main character's perspective, we get a lot, like a lot of Irish slang. There's a lot of uh jokes and humour and stuff like that that's very very Irish and it made the book so much more the books so much more enjoyable to read because you can hear <laughs> I swear I've gone to school with these people and I've heard these things been said consistently but it's unusual because there's obviously a lot of Irish authors out there but none of the not all of them have that level of Irish language or our version of the English language um was that were you asked to sign, sort of dull that down at any point? Was it something you done on purpose or was it just <laughs> easier to write your own voc... from your own vocabulary? Um,
1: it was really important to me to write that stuff in, you know, mm-hmm. in a way that was natural like natural to me. That is how I would talk or how I, people I know Yeah. Talk or... That was really important to me, in part because, yeah, you don't see it loads, um, and why not? Like, it's, and it's so, it's, I think it's so colourful, and it can be so funny, and um, I really love the sort of Hiberno-English sort of uh, phrases that sort of come out, like, our little phrases, and like, I just, I think they're so good. Sometimes I'd even, like, look up lists of them. is there one that like I don't maybe I don't say all the time but I like somebody else does yeah I forgot about it, just be like oh I that is that's a good one yeah um (laughs) you know in a sense it's just it's just what's normal here and I don't I don't like if I want to set my books where I'm from and I don't write I don't write um place very much do I mean I don't like Um, Some people write Ireland, if you know what I mean, like they or their country, you know, in a way that's very distinctive or obvious. And I don't really write about place. I don't write about like the town or, you know, whatever it is. But the language, I think, is really important to me. Um, I'm kind of getting that feel of, like you say, like, yeah, this this type of people I know.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: and i was never really asked to tone it down and i think after i i think i naturally did um at first yeah i think i don't know if that's maybe why in irish books where that's it's not really a feature if it's just subconscious like you're so used to stuff not sounding like that yeah Done. well it might also be a tone thing and that like if you're writing a funny book it's a lot easier to do that than
0: to get that in there yeah yes
1: uh, it might be a bit distracting <laughs> I guess I don't know um but also there was there was a few things that, that were cut put it that way <laughs> I, I did um falling in love montage I put in some and I was like Oh, I'm getting away with this nobody has said anything so like in Not My Problem I just like ramped
0: it up yeah you just went for it yeah and
1: <laughs> um, but there was a couple of there's a couple of phrases that both the UK and the US editors just were like no like I cannot have this and it was really weird things that you wouldn't think about
0: yeah
1: or that I didn't even think about I didn't even really think about why or that they were Irish phrases <laughs> so one of them was given out
0: and yeah, that's. I didn't know that that was something they didn't know about either. My fiancé is Colombian, and I said that to her one day, and she was like, what the fuck is that? Yeah, but
1: I think it's so fascinating. So when I actually thought about it, I was like, okay, giving out in Irish is a torture mark, which literally means giving out. Yeah. And I was like, oh, that's why we say that. Like, But nowhere else says that, because that's not what it means in any other language. And the other one was... Um, well the other one was like I'm only after doing something, like only after driving Right. Here. Um which comes from the Irish Tommy Teresh Rudiganiana. And um so it's like a tra- it's like literal translation of Irish to English.
0: Oh um, shit.
1: Um and so those were two phrases that uh <laughs> that the editors were like this is just gonna trip people up. People are not gonna understand what you're saying.
0: <laughs> yeah,
1: they're gonna be like, "What is that?" Like, the, the only, only after doing something, one was a big one as well because they were just like, "That this sentence makes no sense." <laughs> it was really hard just to kind of look at that with like objective eyes. Yeah. Really, what What are you talking about? It's such a it's such a simple. Yeah. <laughs> um, I like all those little details, and so. Um. Yeah, I just try to keep as much of that stuff as possible, and yeah. they were they're always fine with it, and people have responded really well to it. And yeah. People who aren't, you know, like English readers or American readers, they, i i none of them. I'm, I've maybe had like one person ever go. I didn't. I didn't get that. I mean, <laughs> yeah. I guess I didn't understand it, but mostly people seem to really like that side of it and they don't have
0: an issue with understanding it either yeah and I it's funny because that's something I've come across in the last maybe two years because as I said my fiance is Colombian she lives in the states most of my friends are either in the states or are from the states or whatever and I when I'm talking I'm just talking like I'm, I'm talking to you or I talk to my mother like it, it doesn't sound any different to me but I can see their eyes like keeping up with me but I also know that they love it especially um uh in America they absolutely love it they they think it's hilarious they think it's brilliant so it, it's not surprising to me that people enjoy that that aspect of the books because people love the way the Irish uh, the way the Irish talk um but well, I mean look like at dairy girls like yes yeah
1: green, I mean, and people love that and they don't they don't take, you know, they, nobody's sitting around being like, oh my God, I couldn't
0: watch their because I couldn't understand it. Like, they all love it. <laughs> they want to know what it means, yeah. They want to know the different phrases. My fiance has taken it upon herself to use them more regularly. And <laughs> like, it's it's hilarious because you're in the middle of talking and she'd be like, oh yeah, fucking gobshite. And it sounds so funny with her accent, but she loves it. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's brilliant and I, I do love that. It's really nice reading something in a way that I can... I don't have to try too hard to understand what it's saying. And it sounds like I'm talking to somebody that I fucking went to school with. Like, it's much easier and it's much more enjoyable. And we don't have a lot of um, Irish LGBT books, stories. There's there's not very many of them. I've had to scrape the bottom of the barrel to get there. Um, but I think one of the, the, the things about it especially is they're very clearly these girls are very clearly in catholic school um and as i said i did spend the beginning of my teenage years in um in catholic school and it was very very similar you can nearly like when you're reading it you can nearly smell the school and, and, and the uniform um, and some of that was nice some of it was triggering but <laughs> it's still nice to to see it but I, I know for myself a lot of what went on especially in Not My Problem was very similar and the people around 18 are very similar to the people that I <clears throat> would have went to school with I would imagine it was probably the same for you.
1: Yeah I mean I also actually, I went to a, I went to a convent school. Lovely. Until transition year. And then after transition year, I went to a a non-denominational school. Um, Although, do you know, like a non-denominational school in Ireland is, it's a bit different, but like it's not. Not major. So much different. (laughs) Yeah. So uh, not my problem. Probably technically should be a convent school with no boys, but I just did want it to be a mixed school
0: yeah
1: <laughs> I just it just, it just took about liberties of that um but yes I mean the I think the the little nun who asks if you're on your period just because you've gone to the office like that <laughs> I think that that not only happened in my school but happened in every school in the country yeah no, that she she is just a real person to me somewhere yeah know? <laughs> and do you know what it like I can't even really put my finger on it. I'm like was she there? Was she not there? <laughs> like, yeah. It feels really real. Um and yeah, it's a weird it's a weird sort of environment, I guess. Um, but it's very recognizable, I think.
0: Oh, hundred percent, yeah. When
1: you write that or read it somewhere, like you're like, yeah, that's I get it. Like Absolutely. In the same with dairy girls are like yeah, like even though it's in the north, you're just kind of like, yeah, but
0: like Catholic school is Catholic school. Doesn't matter if you're up north or down south, it's all the fucking same.
1: Exactly, it's like yeah, you're doing GCSEs, but it's also still the same.
0: <laughs> yeah,
1: it's more it's more similar to to a southern school than it is to like an English school. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. You can you can tell religion played a massive role in this country for so long. <laughs> And and even at that, like when I when I moved to the other secondary school that I went to, the only difference was the fact that we didn't read the Bible. as part of religion class, and religion became an option at a certain point. But we still had to do it. In I still had to do it in transition year. It wasn't an option then. I had to I had to pick it up. But you just didn't read the Bible all that much. That was mostly the difference. But I still had to wear a skirt and like and the, the
1: was I think the big difference. Oh Jesus! Didn't go yeah. the mass. And it was a next school instead of a girls' school and that
0: was yeah. and
1: it was it was smaller, but it was that was really it.
0: That yeah. It. No, um we'd know I know my first school had a like a, a chaplain and like a prayer room. We had oh. something similar in the second school, but it was called the quiet room. It wasn't necessarily a prayer room, but that's essentially what it fucking was. <laughs> so it's it there there are only very slight differences uh, at the same time. It's it's very interesting having to do school maths. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I know. Well, I mean there's that and then
0: the, the there's the true, the one true religion of all Irish schools, um GA. So No oh. <laughs> Yeah. Fucking hell. It <laughs> it 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 really reels the roost all over the place. Um In the the first episode that I did for the Fallen in Love montage, the main thing that I said And that that I got from from the book. And it's something that I've only gotten from two of the other books that I've done in the series. Is that regardless of whether you are part of the LGBTQ community or not. You're going to get something from these stories. Like anybody can get something from what they're reading. You don't have to be queer to see yourself in the story or to relate to some part of, of the story at all and although they are very sapphic and you can tell that it is about, like that there's there, there's so many elements to the queer characters that are very specific to to sapphic people and to queer people that you know it's definitely for us and as I said it's, it's for us and about us but at the same time anybody could pick it up and uh, and get something from it, um, especially since our, the the two characters deal with with real life problems. And I I I asked this question when I did the the Seven Husbands of Evelyn Hugo, whether or not that that's on purpose, because it it serves it serves a great purpose to the the queer community in a sense that sometimes we can box things off. In a way um, where if it's if it's really queer, then it's uh, it's only for LGBTQ people and therefore everybody outside of that can't access it. And so it it, it sort of isolates it in a sense, whereas like these books are or um, The Seven Husbands of Evelyn Hugo or. Oh, my God, it's the other one that I did. Um, something to talk about can be can be read by anybody. And I, I wonder if that's a conscious thing that you do or if that's just a natural fucking thing that happens
1: yeah i think it's it's just natural for me because like there are authors who write about very specifically about queer culture
0: Mm and i'm like what the fuck is that i don't know you
1: know i don't know what that means really um i didn't you know i don't pick my friends based on their sexuality
0: yeah (laughs) yeah (laughs)
1: Um, I don't you know there are certain things I think are very sort of um, probably very universal to lesbians let's say for example you know you probably have watched The L Word oh god (laughs) regardless of what you think about it you probably like Christian Stewart you probably watched every lesbian movie that ever existed
0: even if they're shite
1: (laughs) you just have to so that's fine you know there are those things that maybe resonate with people but like the most part of your life like at least for me is lived just in the same world as everyone
0: as everybody else yeah
1: you know um, and I don't I I think I think it's a really nice idea actually the idea for people that actually you know that they that they form these little sort of like queer groups and everybody in them is queer and I'm like all right, but you know I don't I don't that that is not my experience yes my experience is that most people around me are straight um mm,
0: yeah
1: I don't care <laughs> I'm okay with that like I don't need them to be thin.
0: yeah
1: um and while yes 100% I will get so excited if I meet someone I'll be like oh, God, <laughs> I find out very thrilling but also I'm kind of like um yeah, it is just about that you know it, i live in the same world as everyone else I, you know and i don't live in a little i don't live in a queer bubble yeah and, um i totally get
0: why some people would want to yes of course nothing wrong with it but like i'm sorry like i live in ireland like where 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 is this happening yes it's right like oh jesus yeah
1: <laughs> there was there probably i mean i'm sure there probably were some other like gays milling about. <laughs> not really like you know ultimately you know and i mean this in a, in, a, in a totally apolitical sense that you know you're still in the minority of people uh, yeah so I just... Yeah, I don't know. It's not that I'm intentionally trying to appeal to everybody. Um, and I particularly love when, you know, lesbians or, well, women women tell me about what it means then to read
0: books mm-hmm.
1: and to have that. And I that's so important to me. And I wouldn't ever want to, like... Um, right away from them you know is but it's for me I suppose in the sense of like when I think about myself as a teenager I like I said I didn't want to read books about romance or relationships per se but I think what would have been really useful to me at that time was to be able to read the exact same kind of books I was reading yeah just that the characters were gay yeah and you know I wanted to read a mystery novel but the character is a
0: lesbian
1: you know or, yes you know. yeah um i wanted to i loved i loved contemporary fiction so like i was really into like um uh, you know like judy bloom and that kind mm-hmm. of stuff and i was like well yeah at the time like i didn't know that i would have wanted to read about a gay character and recognize that about myself but <laughs> when i look back i think that would have been what i wanted yeah and, and for a long time I think we only had books or stories about coming out. Um, yes, yeah. And those books that are sort of about the, the sort of queer culture, although they're very important, if that doesn't represent your experience or mm-hmm. your life, it can feel then a little bit like, well, that is something other. That's not like, I don't identify with that. Like,
0: yes. maybe I'm not gay
1: because I don't, you know, this isn't how i live or yeah. you know um so yeah i don't know i, I suppose i'm going on a ramble but what i'm saying is that i think there's room for everything yes um, both people like books like mine that are sort of incidentally gay
0: yes yeah
1: <laughs> and books that are about being gay yeah
0: you
1: know, and so that you have a choice of what to choose
0: yeah and it's interesting when when you say that it some people might not be able to relate to it because I, it's only in the last year that I have sort of put myself in particularly queer spaces. Up until that point, I wasn't. Everybody else around me was, all my friends were straight people. um, And whenever I would read or, or watch something that was particularly queer, I always felt like I was I, I didn't fit in all of the the really queer spaces and I also didn't fit in all of the very heterosexual spaces so I was like where where's my space there there isn't I don't have there's there's nothing that shows me a middle ground because I would go into a queer space and feel like I wasn't immersed in queer culture enough to be there but then I obviously was too gay to be in a straight space so um it there, there wasn't really a middle ground um for me to to see,
1: I think that's very. I think that's spot on. I think that that's probably probably the more, I would think probably the more common experience. Yes. At least maybe in this country or yeah. in a small town, or you know, if you're not, um, I say small town and thing, like things might be very different in the states where they have massive cities. Like, yes, but even our cities are tiny. So,
0: like, <laughs> yeah, our cities aren't cities. <laughs> yeah no it's it's true but it, it was nice to it it's always the books that I have loved the most through this entire series are the ones that are the regular rom-coms that we normally read but they're they're just gay so there are there's a there's you can attach to it better and you can enjoy it more because you can actually view yourself in in the in the story um One of the main reasons that I started this podcast in the first place was, A, to tackle the fact that I was never in... I've never been in any queer spaces in my entire life. Um, And I did... So that meant I also didn't read a lot of uh, LGBTQ books. I consumed quite a lot of media, but not outwardly. And so I, I wanted to sort of bring myself into those spaces because... I don't know, to to sort of tackle internal homophobia stuff and all of that sort of uh thing. But the the big kick for me was that I couldn't necessarily do that with Irish content. There wasn't a lot of it. There there, there isn't a lot of it. I I'm as I said, like I'm I'm scraping the barrel at the minute trying to find um Irish content for, for queer people that first of all isn't in Dublin and that I can access all the time anywhere. I mean even the book club is I, I do most of it through Zoom because we're all <laughs> too far away from each other. But and when I when I was trying to find Irish books to do for the book club, I, I only had your books and one other one other author. And there there are some out there but one of them was also really, really dark and I was not about to get into that. Um <laughs> so and I, I wanted this podcast and, and the, the work that I am doing through it to have an effect on the amount of queer content that we get in this country and the availability of it and the sort of the, the want and, and the need for it and the push for it. Um, I think there's a lot of it in in the city centre, um, but not a lot of it outside of that. But I, I wonder from your perspective as somebody who writes queer stories what you think we need as as a as a country or as queer people in Ireland to sort of increase the amount of queer content we get because i feel like we often don't look for it because we don't think anybody wants it or anybody needs it um,
1: I think it's probably a mixture of things. I think on the one hand, it's a small country, so yes. like, like naturally we have fewer writers. Although we, we might have more writers per head than a, a larger country, I guess. Um, uh, but um, you so just like it's like it's a numbers game in that sense, mm-hmm. and then then narrow that down then to the authors who are queer or whatever, you know mm-hmm. that so that they're writing and then for those people to also get published like you know and
0: yeah.
1: um, so you're you're starting from a really small
0: pool anyway yeah and um, but I think that the larger issue it's probably just publishing itself you mm-hmm. know it's a really tough business and it's you know publishers
1: need to put money behind the book in order yeah. for it to be successful. The other, the only other really way that that happens is word of mouth. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, I think that it's probably more about those kind of industry issues yeah. than it is about um, what people are wanting or looking for. Um, I think that while I have had people from Ireland sort of read my books and comment on most of my readers are
0: probably English. Yeah. Um,
1: and, um, but that's also probably like a, 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 like that's probably skewed by the fact that there's so many more.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
1: <laughs> it's true. Um, you know, of all the people who read your book, and then all the people, like the smaller pool of people who then like your book, and the people who then like it enough to get in touch with you. Yeah. You know, you're just getting it's just, it is maybe just a numbers thing. Um, and probably there's some hangover from like our collective. Um, National homophobia. <laughs> so I think actually the country is has come like a really
0: far. It has indeed in a really
1: short space of time. Mm-hmm. Uh, but there are still issues. Like there are issues. Like I was at a school visit recently, and they had like a pride book display in the library, and I was like, "Oh, that is class!" You know, mm-hmm. it's a you have that. And um, and the librarian told me that you know when she put it out. Um, she walked into library a couple of days later, and all of the books had been taken and by management.
0: And Jesus, she
1: had to find every single book that was on the shelf. Fucking hell! In the library in twenty twenty two. Yeah. So there is something about what what can you access and what's promoted.
0: Yeah. Um, even
1: you know, and you know, we're talking about like book bans in Florida. And yeah. I kind of I think that the more probably insidious thing is not someone making you know, a giant fuss about banning a book, um, but it's the books that just start taken off the shelf or that aren't bought for the library. Mm-hmm. You know, like it's, it's essentially like it's a shadow ban, isn't it? Where you're yeah. Just like, don't supply those things, mm-hmm.
0: um, rather than you know, and that you can't fight that because you don't even know what's happening, yeah. Um,
1: but I do think that it will grow, and I think it's grown a lot in the last few years, especially. Like, since, yes, at oh, the time that my book was coming out, um, it felt like there was like a little mini explosion, of, there
0: was a shift,
1: yeah, and um. And most of the YA that I actually see coming from this country is gay. You know what I mean? That's that's really interesting. Um, But uh, I think it's, uh, like, I don't really know, but I hope it's just about time. Yeah. uh, And we are also suffering from the same things that everybody in publishing is suffering from, which is not enough promotion and not enough.
0: Sure, Um, yeah.
1: You know all of that stuff,
0: but because
1: there's
0: so much fewer of our books, yes, a bit more. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. I do. I do think there has been a particular shift over here, and and as you said, like in a in a short space of time, uh, because I mean, I finished school in twenty fifteen. Yeah, the year the marriage referendum, twenty fifteen, and in at that point. <laughs> I was, like, famous for being gay <laughs> at that time. Everybody wanted to know, whereas now, like, it's not, it's not, it doesn't make me very interested anymore, <laughs> Um, even in that. And then, and then, as you say, when you look at what's happening in, in the States and particularly in Florida, like, you can, I, I feel sort of privileged to be here and <laughs> not over there, you know, I, I, certainly at this point in time, because there is, there has been um, a big difference and hopefully here it 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 continues to to grow i actually expected a very small when i look at the the audience numbers for the the podcast i expected a very small number of irish people but it's a lot larger than i had initially anticipated which was nice so people are obviously looking um Mm. and people are obviously trying to find those things and are interest are growing more and more um interested in them um as as time passes um but yeah, I am <laughs> fucking reading two books at the minute. God bless my soul. I don't know why. I was in one of those positions where I knew I had to start reading the <laughs> the reading list for season two, but I didn't know where to start. And so I started reading two of them at the same time and I've gotten absolutely fucking nowhere <laughs> with either of them. I think I've gotten to like page 20 on both of them and I was like, fuck this, like I'm going to have to probably start another one. Um, Have you read that recently? Do you know, I have actually
1: find it quite hard to read recently. <laughs> um, I think ever since sort of getting into publishing, the yeah. time that you have for writing is so, it's non-existent really. But also, uh, you know, when you make something your job, it becomes a job.
0: <laughs> yeah, you don't want to do it outside of that. <laughs>
1: Um, so it could be hard. so. Actually, one of the things that I've probably done is veer more towards adult fiction as a reader, right?
0: And um, because uh,
1: it just feels like a, sh- a shift, you know I mean, a shift mm-hmm. and brain shift. But I did get sent um, a copy of uh, Gay Club by Sam James Green, and it's lovely, like,
0: it's yeah. really nice. It's not, it's not
1: Irish, obviously, but it's, um, mm-hmm. it's set, it's, it's very funny. It's just, it's set in like a, um, a like the LGBTQ club has like four members <laughs> and there's two of them are like fighting to become the president of the club, but only the members of the club are allowed to vote, but then they decide to open up to the entire school. So everybody's open on this tiny little club and it just kind of... It's very funny. Yeah. It's like a really, like, fun, fun read. And I think it's going to be... It's
0: going to be pretty big. Interesting. Uh-huh. interesting. I'll keep that fucking noted then for future reference. What Have you got a favourite um, queer book? Um, do I? Uh, I don't know that I
1: do. I don't know that I do. Um, I... I anybody asks me my favorite book, now my favorite book is *The Bell Jar*. So yeah. whenever I here, your favorite book, I'm like, "That was my favorite book," and it's not queer.
0: Yeah, but, uh, my favorite book is also not queer. So,
1: <laughs> but I really, I, I really want to read *Edwin Hugo*. You've been telling me read that for ages and ages and ages, yeah. and it's just one of those things that I have not like. I just haven't got around to it yet. But I really want to read that one. Um,
0: it does take effort to read it it's it's a fabulous book but you need the time to sit and pay attention to it because there's a lot in there yeah
1: yeah um no i was at i was at a uh was at like a school event a week and somebody was talking about it and then these two girls were like having an argument about it They're like one <laughs> of them were like my favorite back ever and the other one was like i don't even understand what's happening
0: <laughs> i i was like that my fiance's read it like three times because she loves it I read it the one time and I spent the entire time going, what the fuck is this? Why is she saying this? Why is she doing that? I don't understand any of this. And then my mother read it and she was like, oh yeah, it was grand. It was lovely. So there was like so many different perspectives reading it, but I do think it takes a lot of like, it takes a lot of brain work reading it. Yeah. Okay.
1: I'll bear that in mind. Yeah. it's going to longer to read it. <laughs> I every brain seems to
0: try really hard
1: for anything.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: Um, no, I can't really think of anything that jumps out of my head, but it's, I, 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 um, I probably haven't read loads of it either, like I haven't yeah. read loads of like queer books, I think um, there's not, because like you said, there isn't loads of it out there. There isn't, yeah. Um, so it also, it has to be something that you would read anyway. I was always queer and that's just so narrow stop.
0: Yeah Yeah yeah. a lot of them are I've actually found Are fantasy novels and they're not necessarily My They're not my favourite genre And so but I have to Read them um, But I, I have to kind of uh, Motivate myself a lot To read them in the first place because I just I'm not very good with them Like if they're if, if uh, A fantasy novel has People who have a, a made up language, I'm out. I can't, I can't can't deal with it at all. I think
1: I think that um, I think fantasy novels. Uh, I'm not like a big fantasy reader either. Like I've read some, and I wouldn't like say I'm not reading that because it's fantasy. I do read some, but it wouldn't be my go to thing. Yeah. But I do think that fantasy tends to kind of I think it leads the way in changes like that like it happens in fantasy first
0: yeah yeah
1: right i think um at times uh so i don't know why that is it is because the writers are just more adventurous
0: they're they're more open-minded yeah <laughs> no it, it's true that you say it is uh there's a lot of stuff that happens in fantasy novels that nobody really thinks of outside of that yeah. um but you were we were saying earlier about the fact that a lot of the what you sort of prefer or what we prefer as readers is or queer readers is when you read a, a, a rom-com that is the same as all the other ones you've read but it's it's gay this time and i had a conversation with somebody recently about this specific thing but uh if you were to take one of the like major rom-com films um and uh make it sort of queer which one would you uh, pick?
1: I think probably. Uh, I think probably, and I, I don't know if this is a major movie. Cause yeah, I haven't read it or, or uh, watched it, um, but I think it would be Hope Floats
0: with Sandra really
1: Bullock, know. and I, but everything would have to be exactly the same, except Harry Connick Jr. would not be, be beloved.
0: It. Yeah, <laughs> so we keep Sandra Bullock. Just exactly. give her a woman.
1: She has a daughter who's played by May Whitman. Keep that. The mother, I think, I think the mother might be
0: Gina Rowlands in it or something yeah. like that. And it's really, I think it's really underrated. Some people think it's really cheesy,
1: but she gets divorced um, because her husband is cheating on her in um, with like I Eddie. Mean, they go on like a Ricky Lake style show.
0: <laughs> right.
1: Um, and then she moves back to her hometown. Where this guy that she liked um, <clears throat> or knew at school or she grew up with is like a bit of a southern cowboy slash gentleman. Lovely. and Um. Uh, yeah, and, and they, they fall in love. I'm like, yes, this would be perfect. But just instead of Harry Connick Jr., we would have like I don't I don't even have strong feelings about who would play next, <laughs> but I. I just think if that was gay it would be like a, like be a million times better yeah, and I think yeah. that maybe I, that would that's what I would
0: wish for I don't think anybody would have a problem seeing Sandra Bullock play a, a sapphic character at any point <laughs> I, don't, I,
1: don't even, I don't even want them to remake it I want them to go back in time and just, change
0: <laughs> <laughs> just keep it exactly as it is just insert a woman where there's a man
1: yes exactly <laughs>
0: it just fired. Actually, I was only looking up last night. Uh, I don't know if you saw in like 2018 or something. Jennifer Aniston was supposed to be uh, in some Netflix movie called The First Ladies, where she played the president and she had a wife. It was like, oh, yeah, it was like Tignataro wrote it for Netflix. Now I don't know if it got picked up. I don't know if they they were. I was actually looking it up last night to see if they were going ahead with it because I know everybody wants everybody wants Jennifer Aniston to play to play a queer character uh I think any of the ones that people like uh Jennifer Aniston like uh, Picture Perfect have you seen that it's a really old one in that one no um I
1: am um, this is terrible I am actually not a fan of Jennifer Aniston in <laughs> rom com. I don't think any of her rom-coms are any good um I don't know what it is it just doesn't just doesn't do it for me It's anabolic. Julia Roberts.
0: My best friend's wedding. My best friend's gay wedding. Oh, yes. Yeah. Yeah. You know, that's so good. Um, Julia Roberts. She, I don't think she'd be opposed to it now, in fairness. No, I think that'd be close. <laughs> <laughs> I think any of the, 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 the really awful, corny Netflix ones, if they, were, if they were in any way queer, I'd probably be more inclined to watch them as well.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah.
1: For sure. I am... Um... Just they just I think the thing is that they just don't make. I'm so, I'm so old. They just don't make them the same, uh, like the way they used to.
0: They know it's true.
1: rom-coms used to be like the big budget, like summer heavy hitter movie. Yeah, like
0: they were
1: the big movies, and now there it's kind of relegated to like smaller, sort of independent kind of um things, and like that, you know. That's fine, but what I really want is the big budget. Like,
0: yes, yeah.
1: Really famous people in it. I don't care if they're gay in real life. (laughs) Yeah, no. I want the most famous people in it, playing the characters and like the big budget and like the really good script. Like, those, like, My Best Friend's Wedding is a genius movie. It's so good and it's so well written. And sometimes some of the more modern stuff just isn't well written.
0: No, it's true. That's why a lot of them are the small budget ones on Netflix, <laughs> and, and they're they're not like on uh, uh, on the actual screen in the first place. Yeah, yeah. I I would I would watch The Proposal also. Oh God, Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It would be much better the the scene where they like fall on top of each other, mm-hmm. straight out of the bathroom would yeah. be much better. That would be so good. Yeah. No, I I do I like Ryan Reynolds, but, but also like. I like Ryan Reynolds
1: too. It's not. This is not an anti-Ryan Reynolds. <laughs> it's just a pro Sandra Bullock making game. No. <laughs>
0: yeah. I'm I'm sort of surprised she hasn't done something with Sarah Paulson or something.
1: Yes, we can't hope. Perhaps
0: maybe I'll st- light candle. <laughs> See what happens. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Oh Jesus! If I had a penny for every time someone told me they were going to light a candle. Okay, yeah, before- we'll that yeah. no, there you go. You don't have to Google it now. You don't have to Google a list. I'll just give you a bunch. <laughs> <laughs> I'll get my fiance to compile a list of her favorite ones and see. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I think anything I say that isn't what she's used to is probably interesting to her in, in any... so I said something yesterday, but it wasn't even like an Irish saying. It was just sort of the way I said it. Where are laughing, But it was just because yeah. of the tone just the tone of the way we say things
1: seeing it through someone else's eyes isn't it like it's yeah like oh that's not yeah it's different
0: i've never had to consider so often the way i speak Mm. but uh one of the first things she said to me when i first met her was i was referencing a waitress and i kept saying you're one Mm -hmm. and she was like took her ages to figure out what I was talking about and I was like that makes like I didn't even think about the way I was speaking I didn't even think for a moment like that's only something that Irish people are going to understand what you're saying it never crossed my mind it just came out of my fucking mouth and she was like trying to play catch up with me the entire time (laughs) but it's just the even just the small things I like you. I've never had to consider the things I say more often uh, as often as I do now um But I didn't have to do that reading either of these books, which is great. Because sometimes there's, like, Americanisms and stuff that I'm like, I don't know what this is. Like, I don't know what this means. Um, especially in, in young adult novels when they talk about school and stuff. Having a fucking breeze. Don't know what's going on at all. Yeah, but
1: we still... We, we get on with
0: it. We read it. We'll... You, you do it anyway, yeah. Um, like, you
1: probably... probably We've much better understanding of how their stuff works than they do of ours. But, um... You know, so that's why I don't really hold any with the argument that, like, people are not going to get it. It's like, mm, they are going to get it. <laughs> they
0: will, yeah, they'll pick it up. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. Also, you know what? Like, people don't get every tiny detail.
0: Yeah. Okay. I, someone, I, I remember watching an interview with Nadine Coyle and she was like, do you, or no, was it Cheryl? And she said, somebody said, do you, do you need to like think about the way you speak? And she's like, no, they need to listen to me harder. Like that's, I don't have to like, they'll pick it up as they go along. Yeah, I, I, I did see that you said that one of the books was te- was banned in, in Florida. Yeah. yeah,
1: not my problem is banned in Florida. Um, in some places or it's on like those lists, I get like Google alerts about it. And as I was just saying the other day, I just like, I'm offended that these people haven't
0: heard of my other book. <laughs> Yeah, because the Fallen love montage wasn't banned, was it?
1: Guys, like, do you not do you not
0: know that? I have <laughs> <a, a> to. <laughs> That's what I'm worried. About, that, like, the world is not out. Yes, banned. Well, listen. Hopefully, after this episode, it'll be it, it, it'll be out there more. That's hilarious that only one of them was a second oh, episode. Yeah. That's so bad. <laughs> I'm very sorry they didn't ban But They don't have to take a look at the cover of
1: the first one to ban that.
0: Yeah, it's true. Well, you but, didn't
1: actually have to. Read. Not my problem to find
0: anything in it. Like, yeah, actually, that's that's true. I never even coped that the the fall in love montage, the cover of it is is definitely very telling. That not my problem is not <laughs> not in the slightest. Yeah, <laughs> <I think laughs> my
1: problem is so prominent, but like I really do. I'm kind of like, oh,
0: publicity. Come on, <laughs> do a better job so both my books get banned. <laughs> that's hilarious I I never copped that but then I wasn't fucking looking for it in the first place um that's so funny (laughs) um as I said at the very beginning thank you for being here with me it was I as as this podcast grows legs um it's always each new thing that I do is very daunting but um I was like the entire day leading up to this I was like well, I wasn't feeling well this morning and I was like, oh my God, like nervous sweats anyway. And then you get period sweats on top of that. I was like, oh my God, this is going to be mad. But this has been one of the easiest episodes I've done from the very beginning. And I've had my fiance in some of them. <laughs> and even then I'm like, but I feel like she might judge me. And I, 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 I'm I, trying to marry her. So I don't want her to have <laughs> a weird view of me after I've recorded with her. So it those are a bit more pressurizing, but this is actually not as uh nerve-wracking as I thought it was going to be um so I I appreciate the gentleness um and I do appreciate you agreeing to do this with me because I genuinely sent that message and I was like I was sitting there going she's going to think I'm absolutely off my fucking head (laughs) the world's smallest podcast is like do an interview (laughs) um
1: no, oh, I mean, look here. It's been really, it's been really fun, and just I would just encourage you, like, <laughs> ask everyone
0: you want. And, yeah. What they say? No, that's oh, alright. It's yeah. That's something my therapist says all the time, and my mother. She's like, "What's the worst thing anybody could say? It's probably just no <laughs> at the end of it. Um, but I, I probably will now go and send a, a bajillion <laughs> requests, and you'll, <laughs> you, you'll definitely have me on your back consistently for content. Um, <laughs> because I I honestly thought like people would be more like uh frequent about asking you to do things. That's that's nuts. Um, so I I feel privileged that I'm one of those people. <laughs> um, so I appreciate you being here, and I I hope that this uh certainly pushes the fall in the love montage over in the states. I hope it gives it the publicity <laughs> it needs. <laughs> um, but yeah, thank you, and I you'll be hearing from me <laughs> thank you very much I, I will I will talk to you soon
1: yeah.
0: thank you you've been listening to What Would Sappho Say follow us on Twitter at www.sapphosay and use the hashtag WWSS to join in the conversation thank you for your support and remember when buying your next queer novel ask yourself What Would Sappho Say